You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday. Forgot for a second what day it is. Thursday, January 20th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, Off Bench Baseball, or Just Baseball, to which I am a staff writer for. You can follow me on Twitter at Javipeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or Twitter page for the show at L-O underscore Padres. And if you're my listeners... Uh, audio listeners, I should say. Uh, check me out on Lockdown Padres on YouTube. We are closing in on 200 subscribers. Would love to get that within maybe maybe by the end of the month, dare I say. Uh, and thank you, as always, for making Lockdown Padres your for- hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I know today wasn't necessarily your first uh, listen for all my evening folk. This is when this episode is probably going to come out because I've been very, very sick over the last, like, 48 hours. I've had, like, anxiety. I've had some stomach pains. I've had sniffling and congestion, everything. Um, I'm okay uh, for what I understand, so don't worry, but that is why uh, we're a little bit late as I adjust my camera for all you uh, YouTube folk just now. Um, yeah, look, I'm a little bit of a mess, guys. Let's just let's just put it that way. Um, but we're getting you this podcast, and on today's show, we are going over a survey done in The Athletic by Dennis Lynn. He put out the, the survey last week, got a bunch of responses, and I wanted to go over them because... I've been accused sometimes of being a little bit, uh, what's the word, uh, ignorant maybe, a little bit um, separate, um, just uh, in my own bubble when it comes to how other Padres fans think about the team. So I feel like this is a good way to kind of go over, and especially since these have the full results, what people are thinking about the current state of the Padres. And it's just a good excuse for some conversation about a variety of topics. So without further ado, guys. Let's get into it. And there's a lot of different surveys that were done, so we're going to be running through these somewhat fast. So strap yourselves in, get your popcorn, maybe a chili dog if you like that, maybe a corn dog, whatever your refurbishment is, and let's get to it, guys. The first question in this survey, and remember, of course, you can go check out this on The Athletic where he gives down his full kind of analysis of everything. How confident are you that the Padres are headed in the right direction? Answer. Leading the percentage is somewhat confident with 63.7%. Second place going to very confident, 17.6%. Unsure, 13.7%. Not very confident, 4.4%. And not very confident at all, 0.6%. So my takeaway from that is good thing that Padres are in the not confident at all uh, type of phase because somewhat confident is fair. And the reason why I say that that's fair the most is because Padres still got a whole lot of talent. We've talked about this ad nauseum over the offseason. They've still got a core group of players that are awesome. They've still got an ownership that's willing to spend. They've still got some interesting, while not as deep a farm system as usual, still got a lot of prospects on the mend. And just in general, it was one down season. It happens. Was it a very, very down season? Yes. But still, you can't just give up entirely on the Padres, especially with what they've shown, the signs they've shown us about being such a great team. Next question. At this time last year, how confident were you about the direction of the Padres? Answer, very confident, 77.4%, then somewhat confident, 91.1%, unsure at 2.6%, 
not very confident, 0.7, and not confident at all, 0.2. So this is a, a very good just snapshot of how everybody felt back then. And I'm not, I'm not going to be lying to you. I absolutely would have said very confident at this time last year. Now, my case would probably be, I'd say somewhat confident for sure, because we've seen how quickly things can blow up in your face. But it just shows you that everybody last year was all in, and everyone was calling AJ Preller Daddy Preller and everything. So that just gives you a good uh, hindsight of being like, you got to let play the games. You know what I'm saying? As much as it looks good on paper, you got to play the games. I remember doing a fantasy draft with uh, some folks at Padres Twitter, and some of them were saying, like, well, I don't want to take, you know, Herman Marquez. I don't know if I want to take Walker Bueller. And some, maybe not Walker Bueller, but some of these other stars because they're going to get hit whenever they play the Padres. You know what I mean? And I was like, I mean, I don't know if that's my best fantasy strategy, just a fantasy pro tip. I don't care who my pitcher is playing in the divisions necessarily. I just don't care because there's going to be plenty of matchups that go their way or not uh, if they're a good pitcher. So that just shows you that everybody was really bullish on the team this time last year. Um, Next question, how would you grade? And I argue that this is the most important survey question, uh, in my opinion. How would you grade the job A.J. Prowler had done, has done, I should say, since the start of the 2020 season? Here are the survey results. 52.7% 52.7% of people surveyed said B, 32.5% said C, 9.2% said D, 4.6% said A, and then 1.1% said F. So what I think is the biggest takeaway from this is that there are more people that put D as their score uh, for AJ Preller since 2020 versus an A, all right? Would it surprise me? The, the, I'm just saying, like, I would be, I was a little bit surprised by this. I would think that more people would have A before they put D. That's just my opinion. I do not think that this has been like a total, total abysmal failure by the Padres because in a lot of levels, the trades that they made, as evidenced by the the survey question before, everyone was excited about. You had Hugh Darvish. You had Blake Snell. You had Joe Musgrove coming in. Didn't always pan out, but my thing is, my personal take is a B is the right answer because there's still too much of the unknown. We still don't know how much guys can bounce back, and I've been shouting this a lot for the offseason, and that's that. You know, almost too much went wrong for the Padres last year. To give a little bit of analogy, the New York Giants, uh, I don't know why they're the team that comes to mind, probably because San Francisco Giants are division rival. Uh, a bunch of years back, it was it was like 2014-2015, um, they lost like all of their games in the fourth quarter. It was like they had like 10 losses when it was this three-point game in the fourth quarter or something like that. And that kind of suggested... Well, that's just kind of crazy that you guys lost so many close games. There has to be a positive regression. Then the next year, they were great, right? So on a scale of that, expect some positive regression for the Padres next year. To me, it's just a question of how much. Next question. Another really great question, but in my opinion, the most obvious one on the survey that I just don't understand how you couldn't like this this hiring, and that is the hiring of Bob Melvin. How would you grade it? 92.3% of people surveyed said A, while 6.8% said B, then 0.8% said C. I would like to have a word with those people, and then nobody said D or F. Uh, Yeah, I think that the, the biggest thing about the Bob Melvin hire is this. I'm not even necessarily looking at the fact that he's a great manager. Now, now hear me out on this. He's a great manager. He has a lot of respect from a lot of people around the league. A bunch of playoff appearances with the Oakland A's who do not put nearly as much an investment in their team um, as the San Diego Padres have after the past, you know, five or so years. So that's a big improvement, right? My biggest thing is that Prowler didn't bring in some in-house, no-manager-experience type of guy. Not like a, hey, this is my guy. Not another Jace Tingler, not an Andy Green, anybody like that. But someone who he brought in, he's got a big rep, 
And you don't have to worry about this thing where he's just an extension of the front office. That why is that's why for me it was an A plus move, and that's why when that move happened, that I was on TV over at CBS at San Diego. That's why my videos on Bob Elva got a lot of viewing. Shout out Jason Burke of, of Lockdown A's for helping me out with that. Um, it's a good example why, right? So he was a great, great hiring. I think it's an A plus. I would have said the same thing. And Padres fans, it's just it makes you ecstatic. And as someone actually pointed out really quickly. Uh, in the comments of my video with Ryan Finkelstein from when we talked about the Padres and Mets uh, just yesterday's episode, I, sh- I should say, um, that, that he was disappointed that we didn't talk about the Melvin hiring and the Buck Showalter hiring in the case of the Mets. Good point, man. We just happened to not get to it. Maybe I'll talk about it in a future episode. But before we continue on with kind of future results, and I must say, in my experience with people that I personally survey with this product, they all put an A. In fact, they put an S for super, guys. And I'm going to be telling you about what that product is. They are the best protein bars in all the land, guys. They are the built bars. It's the new year. And that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include built bar in your plan. Built bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar and maybe even better than a candy bar. And I can vouch for that for sure. It sticks to your resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it, guys. And what I love about them, aside from being healthy, let me just read some of the 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 peripherals. I forgot what the term is for when you're reading like the ingredients on a thing, but whatever, I'm blanking on it, guys. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, usually contains 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs, guys. So here's an idea for the near. Check out Built Bars, guys. And what I love about them the most, great variety of flavors. Peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, uh, cherry barcia, my mother's favorite flavor, personally. Apple almond crisp, my favorite flavor, personally. Coconut brownie chunk, the favorite flavor of all the locked on folk. Check it out, guys. They've got everything you could want. And because you're listening to this podcast, you can check out a promo code LOCKED15. And get 15% off your order, guys. Remember, use that promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. As always, guys, just want to thank you for making Locked On Potters your hashtag first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Use that hashtag whenever you're tweeting at me online, by the way. Really appreciate that. Um, let's get into the the next, uh, what's it called? Let's get into the next question. Let's just keep rolling because we got a lot more survey things to get through. How would you grade Peter Seidler and the Padres' ownership group since the start of the 2020 season? Answer with a percentage. Here we go. A, 66.4% of people said A, 27.1% said B, C, 5.2%, D, 1%, and then F, 0.2%. My opinion on this is Padres' ownership, Look at the history of the Padres. They are a farm system building team. They do not make big moves. The signing of the Padres' current first baseman was the biggest move that they had made in a long time. And even before that, the Will Myers signing after they traded for him from Tampa Bay. Forget all the crazy trade part. Just the fact that they've put a lot of money into the team is probably the biggest part when evaluating ownership. And they haven't done too much stuff where, like in Colorado, where you keep seeing nepotism and whatnot. No, no, get me wrong. That exists everywhere. Uh, In the Padres, I imagine it exists in Padres front brass too. But when it comes to the, 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 the Colorado Rockies, they're bringing in people who are sons of the owners and whatnot right now. That's also a bad sign. 
I personally would give this a B plus only because of the minor league sort of issue. I brought this up in an episode a few months back when you compare them to the San Francisco Giants. They were, you know, yes, they paid for everybody for the beginning of when the pandemic first started back in 2020, which feels like forever ago, but they did not kind of complete the cycle in a lot of ways. I know that housing is something that's being done throughout all Major League Baseball teams, but that's the only reason I would deduct a point. Otherwise, totally agree with these results. Let's move on to the next one, shall we? What are your realistic expectations for the Padres in 2022? Okay, this I found a little interesting because it just shows you that don't always listen only to Twitter. Don't always always listen to only the people who are super negative. Wildcard team led this with 71.5% of the vote, then 18.3% said NL West champs, which I think is a little bit much. Semi-competitive, 81 to 84 wins, 9.4%. MLB lockout cancels the entire season at 0.7%, and middling at best, 75 to 80, 78 wins. Um, some surprising things here. First of all, wildcard team, I think, is perfectly like a, a logical fair assessment of the team because of what I said earlier in the pod about um, positive regression being due. But NL West champs being higher than semi-competitive is a little bit odd for me because only because, only because of who's in the division. The San Francisco Giants are awesome and the Los Angeles Dodgers are very unfortunately and tragically still very awesome. I know that they're losing some guys. I know that they lose uh, Max Scherzer. I know that they lost Corey Seager, but even still, they have so much depth. And if they want to make a move, you know that they can move some pieces around. Maybe they root over Kiebert Ruiz, that catching prospect that they got. They could do all sorts of stuff, right? And with the San Francisco Giants, I think, personally, that people are going to underrate the heck out of them and say last year was a fluke, and that's exactly why they're still going to win like 95, 96 games. I I really do. I know that they're going to lose Buster Posey. We'll have to see how Joey Bart does. But for those reasons... I'm not expecting the Padres to be NL West champs. I am perfectly fine with people saying wildcard team, although I am surprised by a percentage. And have to admit, people being more uh, thinking more that the MLB season is going to be canceled entirely than the Padres being middling is a little surprising to me. But nonetheless, that's what's so fun about these surveys is finding that out. Which division division opponent worries you more? This one shouldn't come as a shock to anybody. The Dodgers at 92.1% and then the Giants at 7.9%. I'm surprised only that it's only 7.9%, but I guess a lot of people are just expecting some regression by the Giants, like some. Like I said, 95-96 wins, which a lot of people would not be like, as terrified of while the Dodgers it's not going to surprise if they win 100 games again like it's just not going to so I think that's the big thing but then again they're both horrifying these literally could be the number one and number two teams in all of baseball that's just the Padres luck right now unfortunately uh next question do you trust that ownership will maintain a top five payroll this one a little bit more mixed yes ended up taking it with 65.8% of the vote, and then no was at 34.2% of the vote. Let me just read the little excerpt here. According to Fangraphs', Fangraphs the Padres' projected payroll of $199 million ranks fourth in the majors. Their estimated luxury tax payroll at $250 million also ranks fourth. That's a lot of dough for a mid-market team, and respondents, as a whole, express moderate skepticism, but the Padres may have come too far to suddenly retreat. The big question, of course, is how much more room they've given themselves to spend. That's my biggest thing. I really think this could be a wait and see. If the Padres yet again do what they did this past season, I could see ownership being like, yeah, whoever that big free agent that you guys want is, I wouldn't, I'm not going to do it. 
And it's for that reason, this reason of let's see how the team plans out, why I don't necessarily want them to kind of put themselves in an arm bar and go out and sign a, you know, Chris Bryant or a Nick Castellanos. So one of these big, big pricey free agents, because then you put yourself in a situation for this lock. This roster is super duper locked up for a long time. And if it doesn't work, then I don't know what would happen with ownership. You know what I'm saying? What if ownership after this, we could be looking at a nightmare scenario where it's like only Machado and only Fernando Tatis Jr. are the guys making big money on the team. And then after that, they went cheap and said, we're going back the the rebuilding route, which we historically do with the farm system. It would not surprise me. And even more so with the Castillo signing, what are you going to do about Joe Musgrove? We all love Joe Musgrove, right? Are they going to keep spending this much? I think we'll have to see. And I think it does depend on some other things, you know, when Darvish contracts run up. When the guy at first base, his contract runs up or he is sent away in a trade or with Will Myers, who does come off the books next year. So there are some relief that is head towards the Padres. Do not get me wrong, but it is important uh, to weigh the fact that if this doesn't work out, I could see ownership saying, you know what? And in fairness, somewhat rightfully being like, all right, this strategy did not work out for us. We got to retreat a little bit. Um. Now, let's see here. How many more things? We got a lot more to go. But I'm, I'm hoping that I'll be able to do this. Okay, here we go, guys. Last season's collapse was in the, the top vote getter here. 67.7% said concerning, but not entirely shocking. Then 24.9% said an aberration. The Padres had awful luck, especially with injuries. And then inevitable, the team had it coming at 7.3%. Um, I think that concerning but not entirely shocking, it's a weird wording of things, but I do think that it's it's concerning, but at the same time, when you look at it, it's like, well, maybe we shouldn't judge too much into a 60-game sample size, right? So it's concerning, but then again, if someone told you that the Padres, because they invested too much in a 60-game sample in 2020, we're going to have a big-time step back in 2021, that wouldn't really shock you, right? So I agree with this voting thing as well. Next one, which position, this one's funny for all you listeners, which position do you most want to see the Padres upgrade this offseason? <laughs> I mean, what do you think was going to happen, guys? Um, answer, leading the vote was first base with 48%, then 42.6%, so it's pretty even keel, pretty split outfield, then 7.6% bullpen and 1.8% catcher. Yeah, 100%. Um, for me... The first base thing I think is would be absolutely electric because there is nothing in the pipe system. There is nothing necessarily coming up to save you. Uh, you got to deal away with uh, with the guy at first base that we currently have. As you guys know, I'm not going to say his name. It's uh, it's Voldemort on this podcast, but yeah, that's what I, I agree. I agree, and I think that the Padres outfield there are ways to address it via free agency or maybe via some some you know some cheeky little trades or what have you, and you have Robert Hassel as a prospect, we'll see. But I get it. They're both really, really close, especially because I will say one thing. Padres have, like, no outfield depth. depth. So you could argue that it's a little bit more concerning, but I know why everybody put the first baseman. And speaking of the first baseman, what should the Padres do with the the first baseman that they have? Even when it comes to uh, reading the question uh, from this article, I am not going to use his name. Trade him while moving um, as much of his contract as possible, 64%. Hang on to him. He has more value than whatever trade outcome the Padres could achieve, 22.5%. And then trade him, cash, and significant prospect capital for an accomplished player. Um, hmm. This is really tricky. Because part of me is also like, do we want... if 
if you were to trade him, it is going to be a trade that's a loss in a vacuum. You are not going to get a trade out there unless you convince, convince Kansas City, which I've been joking about for a while, to the I'm coming home type of thing. It's going to be a loss. And my thing is, don't you kind of have to hope that he pulls through and says, this is going to be one of my, uh, maybe I'll do what I did in 2020. And maybe th- because throughout his whole career, he's been very up and down. He's good one year, bad the next good year, bad next year. He's very uneven with that. I just, I see myself saying, the value isn't going to be worth it. That That's just me personally, especially because the, the farm system is so depleted these days, especially with Mackenzie Gore being a little bit more of a question. But before we get into the rest of these survey questions, hopefully finishing that before I run out of podcast time, guys, let me talk to you about Bet Online, which would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and hopefully eventually the regular season for Major League Baseball. Jeez. But Bet Online certainly remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to get started. Whether it's baseball, hopefully that ends up coming back, or football in the playoffs, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC. They've got you covered for all of 2022, guys. Don't forget to check out all their amazing offers on the site. It is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, folks. Here we go. It's the witching hour of this survey. <laughs> all right, let's keep it going, guys. Uh, what should the Padres do with Will Myers? Reevaluate what to do close to the trade deadline, 52.1%. Keep him before letting him walk in free agency after the season, 27.8%. And then trade him before the season, 20.1%. Um, I, I just, I, I can't, I disagree with the voters strongly uh, with the idea of just trading him before the season starts because then it would make the Padres outfield that much weirder. And it's not like his, Will Myers' value is through the roof. Now, if you were telling me he's coming off that 2020 season where he was like eighth in the national league and slugging, then yes, I could be like, Oh, now might be a really good time to sell high. You know what I'm saying? That would actually work, but it would make the outfield question all that much weirder. The only way that I think that this makes sense is that you say if he's having an incredible first half of the season and the Padres are disappointing, then I think you absolutely try and move him on because teams would absolutely be willing to do that. He's an expiring contract, so it doesn't really make sense to try and you know make all these different moves in that way. So if if you get my if you catch my drift, so I disagree with the voters in that respect. Next question: which pod which Padres prospect are you most excited to see at Petco Park? This one's a little bit obvious, uh, and it's all the the top prospects, by the way. We got C.J. Abrams leading the vote with 60.8%, Mackenzie Gore, 20%, Robert Hassel, 16.7%, and then Luis Campizano at 2.5%. I would actually argue that C.J. Abrams is not as exciting. I'm not as excited to watch him. Why? Because I just feel like that's a more certain thing. I kind of know how that story is going to go. It's a top-level prospect. Some people even said if he didn't had if he hadn't got hurt, uh, that he's maybe some people had him as the number one over prospect in bas- um, baseball. I don't think that that's necessarily fair. I think that Bobby Wood Jr. of Kansas City and then Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, guys like that are a little bit higher. But nonetheless, he sounds like he's going to be a really, really great player. For me, it's Mackenzie Gore because while that could turn out awful, it's the one that's like the most exciting. There's so many different outcomes where like if someone told me he's going to be what Paddock was his first year in terms of just value, 
I'd be like, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. If he's awful, that wouldn't surprise me either. I kind of just want an answer. So that's why I would have voted uh, Mackenzie Gore. Moving on to the next question, though. Who will be the Padres' most effective starting pitcher in 2022? This one is interesting. I found this very interesting, too. Joe Musgrove being the top vote-getter with 38.8% of the vote. And then Blake Snell, 36.2% of the vote. Then Yu Darvish, 17.4%. And then Mike Clevenger, 7.6%. Um, let's see here. Uh, I just... My take on this is... A lot of people really do still believe in Blake Snell, and that's because of a lot of numbers. His switch to a fastball slider heavy approach instead of that curveball. His you saw his numbers in the second half of the season, especially in August, where he led the league in strikeout percentage among all starting pitchers. So, you know, I, I get it, I get it. But I think maybe some people are saying, "Oh, Musgrove, maybe he takes a little bit of a step back." You know what I'm saying? Maintained an ERA below three for most of the season. Maybe they're saying, "Ah, eh, he's going to be a little bit up and down this year," but otherwise, pretty good. I could see that. And then Mike Clevenger being the last vote getter. I get that too. I'd actually be more confident in Mike Clevenger because Mike Clevenger is a little bit younger. He's coming off that Tommy John surgery. I've heard good things in terms of his rehab. So I would actually be a little bit more confident in Clevenger than Darvish. For simply put, Darvish is getting older. And you know how these things go in baseball sometimes. Next one. You get one wish. Among hitters, which free agent or trade candidate would you most like to see the Padres add? Actually, I'm thinking for a second. Hmm. I'm thinking for a second. I'm thinking for a second. I actually think I want to save this for another another episode. Should I save it for another episode? Nah, I'm just going to do it now. You get one wish, like I said, among hitters. Matt Olson is the number one vote-getter here. 31.3%. Then Chris Bryant, 23%. Then Nick Castellanos, 21%. Then Sia Suzuki, 9.3%. Brian Reynolds, 6.1%. Kyle Schwarber, 58 Nelson Cruz, 22 And then other, 1.5%. I would be in the other rage because I really want Michael Conforto because I really think for what his contract could be that he'd be great. I like Kia, uh, Sia Suzuki, although that one's a little bit more of a lottery ticket because I don't know exactly how his skills will translate. Last lottery ticket we took from a league that we weren't as familiar with, which is Hassan Kim. That hasn't turned out so great either. So that's a little bit tricky, but shouts to my Nelson Cruz voters. If we get the DH, yeah, I would love Nelson Cruz. Like what? I actually am surprised that more people aren't putting him up there. And then Brian Reynolds, guys, it ain't happening. He's got years of control. He's a beast. The Pirates are rebuilding. They don't, they have a great farm system already. They ain't trading him, man. They aren't trading a proven big league talent. But anyway, I think that those all those options were really interesting. I'm going to talk about them on a future episode, actually, I think. Um, you get one wish. Among pitchers, which trade candidate would you like most like to see the Padres add? Number one answer, Luis Castillo, 35.2%. Then Josh Hader, 26.2%. Then Sean Manaya, 18.3%. Chris Bassett at 8.3%. Sonny Gray, 7.7%. Frankie Montas, 3.8%. And then other, 0.5%. I think my big thing here is that Luis Castillo is just the most popular name on the market right now. At least what we think. Josh Hader has been a popular name with the Padres brass and Padres fans for a while because he's been rumored for so long. But that isn't happening. Look where they were this year. They were a big-time playoff team. They're not trading him, really. Still probably the best relief pitcher in baseball. Um, hmm. I think out of all these names, the A's guys are what interests me the most because that team seems like they're ready to just trade guys. 
I, I really do. I think they're ready to just trade guys. Now you could argue that makes my take on Matt Olson a little hypocritical, but I could see them giving up Mania or Bassett for not too much. I could see that potentially happening. Maybe throwing one of the Padres' current starters who literally plays a little bit into the mix. Maybe you throw some weird prospect in there. Maybe an Ethan Elliott, Chris Paddock package gets you. Chris Bassett or Sean Mania. Maybe something like that. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know exactly how the A's feel. So maybe poaching from them might work right now. I don't know for sure, though, but either way, I'm perfectly fine with keeping the farm system and some of the depth in order to just run it back with the current Padres rotation. Sounds a little bit crazy after what happened last year, but I agree with it. What's your <clears throat> what's your level of confidence in Fernando Tatis Jr.'s health in 2022 after you opted against shoulder surgery? Somewhat confident, unsure, not very confident being the top vote getters, and they're very close, 38.9, 30, and 20.4%. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of like unsure. That's where I am because yes, he played through it a lot last year, but who knows if just a little bit more stress on that swing and he could have been out for a long, long time. So if this is just in terms of the question of, am I confident that he'll be healthy for the majority of the season? My thing would be, and I'm totally unsure about that, but if it's just that he'll be able to play and be somewhat okay, um, maybe, maybe, I, 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 I don't know, Jib, I don't know, Jib. I wish I would be a lot more confident if he elected to go the shoulder surgery route. What's your level of confidence that Manny Machado will still be a Padre after the 2023 season when he can opt out of his contract? Answer, very confident, 49.1. Somewhat confident, 38.3. Unsure, 9.6. Not very confident at all. So here's the thing. Is it possible that Manny Machado after 2023 is like, this team ain't doing it? Yes. Is it possible that he's going to find a better deal than five years, $150 million? I don't know, man. He'll be 31. Maybe the Yankees could do that. Maybe it's possible that like one of those big market teams are like, hey, hey, Manny, whisper, 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 we'll give you seven years, like 180 or something like that or whatever. I, I don't know the numbers all that much. It's possible, but I just I doubt it. It depends on how he does. It's way too early to answer that question. How would you rate Bally Sports San Diego broadcast? 65.5% said five out of five, then 23% said four. So these things, I think it's just like, how aren't you giving it a five? Don Rosillo, man. He's just the best. He's just the best. Him and Mudcat, they're killing it. And honestly, even despite all the sadness that was the Padres season last year, literally right now thinking about their voices makes me excited and makes me can't wait for the 2022 season. How would you rate Padres radio broadcasts? I admittedly have not listened to as much of the radio broadcasts, but hey, most people still said 5 out of 5, 57.9%. And I think that... In general, I agree with it because, look, they played some ugly baseball and still everything that I heard and listened to, people that talk, I talked to said that they were all great, and I agree. Um, and then, hold on, uh, cautiously optimistic, then Lynn, and you guys could check this out, um, going in terms of uh, the rest of people's reactions and whatnot for the Padres' upcoming season. But I think this could all be boiled down to just cautious optimism. And in my opinion, and I've said this a lot, it reminds me of how people felt heading into 2020, coming off of 2019. First year of Manny. You had Fran Mill. You had some of these guys. You, you had Chris Paddock and all that stuff, right? And then they really didn't perform all that admirably. It was a down year for Machado. Heading into 2020, people were like, oh, maybe the 184 games. And then look what happened. They were super, super excited, or whatever the equivalent of what the 2020 season was. They're one of the most electric teams in baseball. And in my opinion, one of the best. I actually think that they were genuinely one of the best teams in baseball in 2020 when you take into account that they had Mike Clevenger, a healthy Lamette, all that stuff. So I was fully on board. Nowadays, I'm like, I'm getting a little bit of the same vibes, guys. 
it just wouldn't surprise me if all these pieces have a bounce back. And I think that most of you guys feel the same way as me, especially by judging this piece, guys. And that's basically it for today's episode, guys. Let me just wind down by saying thank you for making this podcast your first listen, but now make your second listen Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. So check that out, guys. In terms of the future of this podcast, tomorrow's episode, going to try and get that one up for you somewhat early, somewhat going to try. I am still feeling sick. I am powering through this. Hopefully you guys can't tell uh, by listening to it and watching it. But going to be doing... I'm not sure which topic I'm going to do. It depends how I'm feeling. But the topics that could be up there in terms of future podcasts, um, going to be talking about who is going to make out the top five of the Padres starting rotation, especially that fifth spot. That's probably the most questionable one. Going to be recording um, my thoughts on another Dennis Lynn column that was about some mock trades that were going up. And then another podcast. I've been a little bit late on this one, but Fangraphs did their Zips projections for the Padres, and I wanted to give my thoughts on that. So plenty of cool content coming in around the bends. Uh, uh, crossovers, Yankees host that I'm talking to, my old friend Gabriel, all sorts of cool stuff in the future, guys. It's going to be good. It's going to be good, guys. And with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast where you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, at L-O underscore Padres, and subscribe to YouTube, Lockdown Padres, ladies and gentlemen. And until next time. Stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. Fire faithful homies. Take care.